0: Hey everyone, this is a bonus episode of the Prepper Website Podcast. This is an audio version of Prepper Website Live. I hope you enjoy it. The events in Texas the week of February 15th, 2021 really should get everyone to pay attention and get better prepared. Hey, I uh, live in in Houston, Texas and went through the snow apocalypse or snow or whatever they're calling it. And um, I didn't want to do some lessons learned. You know, every time I go through a situation like uh, Hurricane Ike, Hurricane Harvey, uh, something uh, like a big flood that we had here, the tax day flood that they call it, um, I try to pick up on the lessons learned. And so, as we were going into this uh, this event, I knew that it was going to be bad. I didn't realize how bad it was going to be, but. I wanted to be paying attention to what I heard other people saying. So instead of doing lessons learned, because a lot of people are, have done that already, I started jotting down what I heard other people saying. And so whether that was on uh, the local news, because I was watching that and I don't ever watch TV, I think I watched more television that week than I did all year last year. But so uh, whether it was on local television and people that were being interviewed. Or it was people that I know or people that I know on social media that had said certain things. I was trying to record what they were saying so that I could share those out as advice from the unprepared. And so if you are on that fence of being prepared or maybe you're unprepared and maybe now your eyes have been opened a little bit and you're starting to look for some advice and some information or maybe you are prepared and you know someone who needs to hear this information, um, you know, this is a video that you can uh, learn from and you can also share out. So I don't have any order to this. I'm just going to go down the list as I was jotting things down. The first thing is this, is there were people out there who just were uninformed of, of basic survival, basic understanding of how things work. And let me explain that to you there was a report of uh, a family a Family who, uh, you know, a couple of the members died because they brought in a charcoal grill into the home. Now, I say that to you. And most people are like, what in the world? You know, everyone in their family and everybody in their grandmother knows that you shouldn't bring a charcoal grill, a you know, a flame, live flame inside the house, right? And all the smoke and all that kind of stuff. I mean, what were they thinking? The thing is, is that they were desperate. And I, I'm not going to get into all the how it's different. I and mean, people up north are probably like, come on, it was like 12 degrees. Uh, you know, come on, can you, can you deal with it? And the thing is, things are different. Uh, But these people were desperate and that's how desperate they were. They brought in a charcoal grill into their apartment complex and they wind up, you know, two, two family members died because of that. And so I think that's one of the real big takeaways here is that when we get into an emergency situation, if you don't have a plan, if you are not, if you haven't gone through scenarios, if you haven't thought things through a little bit and prepared. Listen, there was plenty of time to prepare for this winter storm. Plenty of time. The weathermen were talking about it for a long time. A lot of people were talking about it. A lot of people were getting prepared. The thing is, is that most people don't listen to the weathermen anymore because so many times they've said, hey, this is going to happen and it doesn't. The thing is, you still have to be prepared. So, you don't have a plan, you're going to be in a desperate situation and you're going to wind up hurting someone, hurting yourself, hurting a family member, or even killing them, which that's what happened here. So we have to have plans. We need to desperately uh, uh, know what to do in those situations and not be desperate, right? Not get into a desperate situation, right? The other thing that I heard often was not having power to charge your phone. And that just drives me nuts because I always talk about having battery banks. Nowadays, everybody and their grandmother should have battery banks to be able to charge their phone. Nobody should be worried about losing power and not having, uh, you know, battery Um, or, you know, hey, I got to go out to my car and turn my car on and leave my car on and uh, be out there so that I can charge my phone no man come on get a battery bank Uh, they're very cheap nowadays and you can get you know really great ones that will charge your phone three and four times uh, before you need to charge that that one up so your phone is a very important aspect um, too it's not only just you know you call people and on social media but you're getting information and especially when you when you're in an emergency situation So get battery banks, you know, that's probably going to be one of the things that I do for Christmas is I'm going to just get a bunch of battery banks and I'm going to hand those out to people that I know you you can get them for fairly cheap and and hand those out as a gift. All right. Uh, One of the other things is just people having problems staying warm. Now there was generators. People had generators. I mean, when the power went off around us, you could hear the generators kick on. So people had generators, but here's the thing. It was like. Uh, an issue all across the state of texas with power going out so whatever whatever your fuel that you have if that runs out you've got a five gallon you know gas gas tank and and you pour it in there and it you know overnight you're using that to run a little heater or whatever and it runs out what are you going to do after that when we had Hurricane Harvey and people were using generators, or Hurricane Ike, or you know the Tax Day floods or whatever, people could go, you know, travel down a little ways to find some gas. That wasn't the case this time around. People were calling around, like, "Hey, do you know if there's a gas station open?" I saw people on social media posting, "Is there a gas station open anywhere around?" And when it would open up, everyone would flock to it and and just you know completely fill up, and then there would be there wouldn't be anything there. So staying warm has got to be more than just generators Uh, and and just having that. You've got to think about how to stay warm uh, and and then we can go to the opposite uh, side of that, how to stay cool as well. What are some ways that you can stay warm? What are some ways that you can stay uh, cool when uh, you're in that kind of a situation, extreme weather? And you know, one of the things we have some really big, thick blankets, and I have used one of those. I've taken it up to the country before, and I have used one of those in freezing temperatures, and it kept me warm when I bundled when I when I doubled it up um, because it was a really big one. So definitely you need some ways to stay warm, warm clothes, a cool clothes, but also ways that like, for instance, um, one of the things that we did well, because we had some power and we were able to, uh, we had water and, and for family members, if they wanted to come over. But, uh, one of the things my wife did was she cooked for them, right? So she, uh, one morning she made some breakfast tacos and so that they could have a hot meal. And, uh, as they were doing that, I was making hot chocolate. And I made hot chocolate, put it in. We had a couple of thermoses. And then as I made the rounds, we gave the the tacos and we also gave the, the hot chocolate. And, you know, one of the family members who's just like straight up coffee, you know, straight up black coffee doesn't doesn't drink, you know, it doesn't put anything inside the coffee or whatever. Later on, they were like, hey, that was really I hadn't had hot chocolate in such a long time and it was really good. So you've got to be have ways to, you know, heat up some water, heat up some your food and and uh, be able to have some hot meals because that will warm you on the inside. And so, um, you know, you got to have other options of stuff staying cool, staying warm, you know, depending on the emergency situation. And that's why now is the best time to start getting those things down because you need to be able to be prepared for that. Another thing, sources of light. Um, People, I was talking to people here just the other day, you know, we pretty much were were out of the situation. Although there's some people who are still under uh, the time of this recording that are still under uh, a boil ban for their water. But, or a boiled notice for their water but um, this weekend I was talking with some friends and we were talking about lights and that was the conversation. I mean, you never had that kind of conversation. And and really these are like co-workers, women at work. And we were talking about lights and like, Todd, what do you do? And, and and what do you have? And and, and man, I have this and, and this really worked out. Or I only had this one little measly flashlight and the batteries were going out. I didn't have any extra you know extra batteries. And so one of them were like, every time I go to the store, I'm going to be buying batteries. I'm going to buy a flashlight or whatever it was so what do you have for light you know one of the things that i always talk about are the dollar tree uh candles and uh, i was going to have one here for the video and i forgot to to get it but if you think about the um the religious candles that you can buy the really tall thin candles and they usually have a picture of one of the saints on there okay so it's something very similar to that but these are clear and they're white and here's the big deal they are unscented you don't want to be putting a lot of different smells in your house when you're when you are uh, needing light and but anyway these things burn forever and i did a little bit of an experiment a while back. Where I uh, lit one in the morning, it was like eight o'clock in the morning. I still remember I lit it, and that sucker went all day long. I was like measuring it. I was like, "Come on, is it going to burn down?" And it burned down like half an inch almost. Yeah, uh, you know, I turned it off at ten thirty and night. Finally, when I went to bed, so. Those suckers last for a long time. We had four, four or five of those that I lit up. I, you know, put them out strategically in the living room. Uh, you put, you, you got to be safe. You got to put them in a place where the kids aren't gonna, you know, knock them over. And I've got older kids, so uh, that's not the issue. But they worked out really well. And so you, you know, that was one of those things. Uh, a headlamp. It's one of those things that I I was wearing all the time. In fact, I was wearing it even when uh, after I turned it off, I just kept wearing it because it just seemed to always work. I could go up and turn the sucker on, and it really worked out. You know, when I needed to go turn off my water because I did have a, a broken, a busted pipe uh, outside in the front, and so when I needed that, I was completely hands free. I didn't have to worry about holding a flashlight and trying to deal with it or having someone hold it while I was you know working on on the pipe and trying off the water and all that kind of stuff so a headlamp that you can put on strap on turn on it has a bunch of different modes and all that kind of stuff they are relatively cheap uh, you can buy some that are just battery operated and you can buy some that are rechargeable with a USB, which uh, is is very helpful. So uh, those having flashlights, you know, the light is not an issue in my home because I have so many flashlights. That's not an issue, but it's it's an issue for other people. So, you know, those people that only have one little flashlight and they don't think about the power going out. So you need to have sources of light. You need to have ways to cook your food. Again, I've already talked a little bit about this, but what are the alternative ways? So I'm kind of lucky. I have a gas grill or a gas stove. A lot of people have the electric stoves and when the power goes out, you're kind of stuck. But with that, uh, you know, with that gas stove, I can turn that on and cook. In fact, when the lights went out, we were finishing cooking. I was able to finish with my headlamp. I was able to finish cooking and we were able to eat, you know, and, Finish the meal that was on on there. I was making chili, right, and so uh, we could have that hot meal uh, during that time. So you know, not only that, but when you have that cooking ability, especially with the gas stove, you're putting heat uh, into your your house. And so when it's cold, that's a that's another great option. But if your uh, stove does not work, if you have an electric stove, what are your other options? So one of the other things that I have is a, a propane grill, and my po- Uh, propane grill has uh, a side burner that uh, it's just, you know, I I can use that like a gas stove. And so I can cook off of that if I needed to. The other thing I have is a little camping stove. So I actually took my camping stove to my son because they were in an apartment and they didn't have any way to cook food and and hot food. And although we were taking them some food, they wanted to have that option. And so that is one of those things, an extra thing to have. If I needed another option, I have, you know, little camping stoves that I could heat up water and I can cook and and have that available to me, you know, with just using some twigs and pine cones and things that I can find, I can throw that into that and, uh, and, and start up a fire and use that. So what do you have for alternative ways to cook, food, you know, to, to, heat up your food, to boil water, because not only did we need to, it was cold, but we were under uh, a, a burn notice, a a, ban, a water notice, you know, boil notice. And so y- you needed ways to uh, boil your water. And that was one of the things that people were so upset about is like, okay, we're under a boil notice but we don't have electricity to be able to boil the water. What are we going to do? You don't want to be in that kind of situation. You know, if you have, if you're prepared and you have what you need and you have the skills to be able to do to do it, even if you started a fire out in the backyard and you just kind of made a pit somewhere and you had wood that you could burn that would have worked out, or a fireplace to be able to use that. You know, you need the alternative ways to cook, alternative ways to uh, make coffee. You know, think about when you're freezing cold and you can have a hot cup of coffee, what that would do. So, if you have a, uh, you know, a, a Mr. Coffee, or you have something along those lines. Uh, you know do you have one of those old-fashioned percolators my old-fashioned percolator came in very handy during hurricane Harvey Uh, we were able to you know go outside and I was able to use my my stove to or my grill to uh, heat up coffee and uh, have coffee so uh, what do you have for alternative ways to food to for food to to cook your food uh, to boil water if you need to for coffee all those good things all right Another thing that I heard people talking about often was they were hating on the government. I mean, there was, you know, politicians were pointing fingers at each other. The whole Ted Cruz thing was going on. Uh, you know, uh, ERCOT was blaming so-and-so and the the power plants were blaming ERCOT and the governor was blaming, you know, and the mayors were blaming and everybody was blaming and the people were blaming everybody. And, and so here's the thing, in in an emergency situation, you might get a little bit of a Relief by getting angry and blaming uh, other people, but that's not going to solve the situation that you're in. You got to understand that when you are in an emergency situation, you are the person that is responsible there. And so you've got to be responsible for yourself. You cannot count on the government, you cannot count on your city, on your county. I mean, they're there, and if they do what they need to do and they do the job that they're supposed to be doing, great. But you don't want to be sitting around waiting for them. You don't want to be sitting around waiting for food. You don't want to be sitting around waiting for the water to come on and and not to be under a uh, uh, you know a boil notice. You don't want that. You are responsible for yourself, so you definitely need to uh, realize that and put these plans in place. Here's another thing: the water pressure, and I've already talked about the water pressure. Um, so we were under boil notices. Uh, a lot of uh, Texas is, was under a boil notice. Um, but also there was water pressure that went down. So uh, in my mud district where I'm located, we were never under a boil Uh, notice which is great but we did lose water pressure because so many people were dripping their their water faucets that water pressure went down all over the place and so you know that could cause damage later on down the road when uh, the water comes back full force Um, you know you might have some issues there but you need to have water Uh, although it is you know we had snow outside we had snow outside in the houston area for days, right? And that's just, I hadn't seen that since I was a baby. There's pictures of me when I was a baby ball bundled up where there was snow like that. We've never experienced snow like that for days here. And so, you know, people were out there gathering snow and they were using that. They were trying to melt it so that they could flush your toilets and they could have drinking water and different things like that. But uh, you've got to have water. Water is so important. So what can you do there? The other thing here is uh, people were wanting to know information and uh, I'm really lucky where I'm at. Uh, I've always talked about uh, social media and you know if you've listened to me for any amount of time you know that I hate social media. I'm not a really big fan. That's one reason why I started the, uh, the Prepper website exclusive email group which it is a community of Preppers where we just communicate through email and it's great. We have a great group of people uh, and uh, it works out really well. We share a lot of knowledge and we do it all without Worrying about the social media's tracking what we're talking about, so that's something that I've always talked about. But I'm not giving up my Facebook, uh, my my Facebook account. I, I'm not uh, deactivating it. And one of the big reasons is it doesn't go away. You know, if you've ever deactivated it, talk to someone who's deactivated and then they've activated it and again, and it's ju- it comes right back like where they left off. So it never really truly goes away and when you deactivate it you're not really in control of it anymore and it really doesn't delete. So I choose to have my social media accounts and keep them and just I'm very careful about what I do on there. But one of the things that was very beneficial is that we have a neighborhood group and that neighborhood neighborhood group was very Um, great. It was great about sharing information. And so, you know, you could put something out there and people were were sharing information and people were sharing phone numbers and, hey, I need a plumber. And like, here's a list of three plumbers. I need someone for sheetrock. Here's sheetrock. Or there was someone who's like, hey, I went to the store and they, uh, before everything happened and they gave me, you know, this milk, this like silk, milk right instead of uh regular milk and uh we don't drink this and somebody else chimed in like hey we you know we'll drink it you know that's something that we we drink and so all these great things were going on because of that you know again you got to be careful about social media and what you put on there um you got to be smart about it but you have like facebook groups you have uh, next the next door app as well Um, i actually uh, was able to learn more on the facebook group than the next door app but uh, those are available, and people want information. So you might—they might be in a um, in a situation where you can't get that kind of information. And you're in a neighborhood where there's not a Facebook group, or there's an inf- you know know—you're in a in a situation where uh, you're just relying on the local news, which in the Houston area is covering a real great big amount of space. And so, uh, information was one of those things. That people were always wanting. So, if there is a group that you can join, if there is a way that you can get local information where people are sharing out information, maybe there's even an email group for your local neighborhood or you know your your area. You definitely want to uh, to connect there. Maybe even it's like a newspaper. A local newspaper might have uh, you know a place a forum where they're sharing information. You can find that information. The other thing is 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 this is. People were just tired of dealing with the situation. After three or four days of not having uh, electricity, not having water, people were done. And when you're in an emergency situation, a lot of the times in the preparedness community, we we think like, hey, all right, we're going to be ready and geared up but mentally it was very stressful for people. I know for me, one of the things that I was constantly doing is I was hearing about all, and I know a lot of people that have busted pipes, a lot of people that pictures, you know, they're showing pictures of their, of their uh, ceiling and it's, you know, everything had had come down. Um, You have insulation everywhere and uh, it just, it's just nasty. And so uh, although we didn't lose power as much as everybody else and we didn't lose water like everybody else, I was still going around checking my home. And so every so often, about every hour, I was up and I had even though we had power, I had my flashlight and I was checking the ceiling. I was looking for leaks. I was wanting to catch it. And I did catch A broken pipe early on and so you know um, it was the walk around but maybe it was also the Lord as well as I was walking around right before I was going to bed I went into the garage and I could hear water running and it was my broken pipe at the front and I caught it early enough it was outside of, uh, of my home I caught it I must have caught it right when it happened because it didn't have time to any ice formed and it was one of the coldest nights Um, there's no ice formed or anything like that. So I was able to catch it really early. And in the morning I was able to repair it because I had a cap to be able to put on that. So, um, but it was still stressful, right? You're still, even after that, even after that situation, I'm still walking around checking. And so you have people that are doing that, but then you have people that really dealing with, pipes and, and busted, busted pipes and, and, and their ceiling caving in and all that kind of stuff. And then just people were just tired. People were just tired of dealing with that. So you got to know that in a, in a, in an emergency situation, you're going to have um, you're you're going to be tired mentally, and you got to be able to get through that. Sometimes it's the people that you're around, and being able to connect with them, and and, and make the best of it, whether that's playing games or you know talking and sharing, and, and using that time to build relationships, or whatever it might be. But you need to understand that you need to, um, you know, really just be prepared to go through that that stress that you might feel cuz not everybody is cut out for that some of us can 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 deal with it very easily other people cannot deal with it you also got to pay attention to where the rest of your family members are. Where are the kids? How are the kids feeling? The, you know, some kids just probably thought it was just a, an extended vacation from school. Um, some were probably really, really worried. Maybe they saw their ceiling come crashing down. Um, what is your spouse doing? You know, what are your, your parents doing? What you, you might have elderly neighbors that you need to be checking on. So people were just tired of dealing with it. One of the things, uh, uh, as I'm I didn't write this down, but it really goes back up to the food thing. People were wanting, and this is how crazy it was. People were wanting food and and hot food and wanted normalcy so much that they were willing to stand in line or with their cars, go through the drive-thru for four hours. The local news interviewed a man uh, who was in a car waiting for a Burger King Whopper for four hours. And he wasn't even to the front of the line yet. And so, you know, you get to that point where like, man, I just want a hamburger. I just want something normal. I just want to get back to some kind of normalcy, Uh, even with the whole COVID thing, right? Uh, On top of all of that, I want some kind of normalcy. And so just realize that that's going to be uh, one of the struggles that you'll have. Here's the thing. Learn from the situation. Unfortunately, I I think there's going to be a lot of people that don't learn from this. Um, Why? Because every year we have hurricanes and every year the same situation plays out. Um, you know uh, the hurricane is being forecasted. It's out, and then it comes into the Gulf, and it's still people are like everything is normal, everything is fine. Gets a little bit, gets to the middle of the Gulf, everything is fine, and then finally they say, okay, it's heading into Houston, and then that's when everybody freaks out, and so everybody goes to the store, and then there's nothing left there but cans of hominy. You know <laughs> who wants cans of hominy? And so you know that's that's one of those things. Is just you don't want to have to deal. With that again, this situation, this storm that we had, this winter storm—I think they named it Yuri, right? Um, man, we we had plenty of time to prepare. I went to the store. So we, we it started snowing Sunday uh, afternoon where I'm at. I went to the store Saturday morning because that's my normal uh, my normal trip to the store. Uh, right when it opens, I'm there, and there was more people than normal there, but there was everything I could have wanted. I mean, there was nothing there that I think like they didn't have bananas out, but it was just because they didn't have them out. It was so early in the morning and they were, you know, they were stocking a little bit, but they had everything I wanted. So you could, and, and there was no struggle. I wasn't like fighting people. There was, you know, there was a little bit more people there than normal, but usually there's nobody there. And so there's plenty of time to get prepared. You want to get prepared ahead of time. So you don't want to be the unprepared. You don't want to be the people that are desperate. You don't want to be one of the people that uh, realize, man, I messed up. And then you're looking, here's the thing, you're looking at your kids and your kids are looking back at you and your spouse is looking back at you. And you know, whoever else is counting on you is looking back at you for some kind of answer for, hey, what do we do here? Instead of being able to say, hey, we got this, we've got food, you got water, we have a way to stay warm. Uh, We, you know, we have everything that we need. We have lights. we're good, right? We're good and we can deal with everything. So what can you do to be prepared and how can you learn from this lesson? Wherever you are in the country or in the world listening to this or watching this video, uh, you know, what, how can you learn from this lesson? Uh, because it is uh, people died. You know, people died in their homes. People died in their homes because they were not prepared. and we don't ever want to encounter something like that. You don't want to be like that. I don't want to be in that kind of situation. I, I'd rather be prepared and take a little bit of time and effort and in, in to do what I need to do to be there. All right. So i gave you a lot of information. I gave it to you rapid fire. These were things that I heard people talking about as, uh, as I went throughout the week and I just kind of jotted some, some notes down and, uh, hopefully, you know, that gave you some ideas of what, people were thinking about and and maybe even some regrets that they had going into this or right in the middle of this emergency situation. I hope it was beneficial for you. Uh, I'd love for you to uh, let me know if it was. Thanks so much. Well, everyone, thanks so much for checking out this bonus episode. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com, where we have tons of preparedness, self-reliant, alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading articles just for you. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 hand-picked preparedness articles that you should read. Many of these you can't find on the internet any longer. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.